0: Funeral service in Washington. Becoming your own lobbyist on Capitol Hill. A funeral radio special. With Robert M. Fells, Executive Director and General Counsel to the ICCFA. Greetings. Welcome for joining me, Bob Fells, with another program in our ongoing series of funeral service in Washington, here on Funeral Radio. It's FuneralRadio.com. Today, we're going to do something uh, different. I think we've done, was it six or seven shows at this point? Uh, This time, we're going to take a look at a brand new consumer survey. It was taken by the Funeral Consumer Alliance, which I think um, it's fair to say they're probably the staunchest critics of the funeral profession out there. And they got together with uh, another well-known organization called the Consumer Federation of America. So the FCA, Funeral Consumer Alliance, and the CFA, the Consumer Federation of America. I'm going to be referring them by their acronym for the rest of our time here together as I, as I talk about them. Anyway, they took a survey of funeral homes in 10 different cities, 10 different metropolitan areas. And they wanted to see how easy or how difficult it would be to obtain the funeral homes price information by the internet, either by the funeral homes websites or simply being sent the price information by email type of thing. Now, first of all, I've got to say, let me be candid here. I'm very jealous very jealous. And I'll tell you why. No, I'm not jealous that they took the survey. That was, that was fine. I'm jealous because when they publicized it, they were able to call a, a news conference. I think they did it by telephone. And uh, they got many of the major news you know, media outlets to participate. And subsequently, uh, they featured stories on it. And uh, organizations like Time Magazine, Forbes, the Chicago Tribune, the Washington Post. Nice going. I don't think we at ICCFA or any of the funeral trade associations could quite pull that off. But then on the other hand, when I say, well, does good news sell or does bad news sell? And uh, it's bad news. And I think what the uh, FCA and the CFA presented to the news media was what was purportedly bad news about funeral homes giving price information. Or was it? Was it bad news? Was it good news? Okay, that's what we're going to talk about here. First of all, let me review how they took the survey and what results they, they publicized from the survey. Okay, the FCA and the CFA say that they randomly selected 15 funeral homes in 10 metropolitan areas. And I'm going to believe they randomly selected them. I think they said they they, they selected at least one in each city that was corporate owned. And that's, that's fine. Uh, in case you're curious, the 10 metropolitan areas are Atlanta, Denver, Indianapolis, Mercer County, New Jersey, and that's where Princeton is located, the Minneapolis-St. Paul, Twin Cities, Orange County, California, Philadelphia, Seattle, Tucson, and Washington, D.C., which is not far from where I am speaking to you now. I'm in Northern Virginia. Anyway, they said they selected each of the 15 funeral homes in each city, each of the 10 cities, based on the fact that each funeral home had a website. And they wanted to see, first of all, how many of these funeral homes posted their prices on their website. They also wanted to see that in contacting each funeral home by email, how many funeral homes would reply and send them the price information back by email? In order to secure this information, they said they also had to follow up with a phone call. Our son has more than one phone call. They mentioned that sometimes they were questioned well, why do you want this information? Apparently, they claimed that they were consumers, and that wasn't, of course, quite. True in the sense that they were doing a survey. Don't ask me why they just didn't say, look, we're doing a survey, you know. But they felt, I guess, it was necessary to say, oh, we're trying to get information about planning a funeral. But in any event, obviously, some of the people they talked to were a little suspicious about their their motives on that. Anyway, what happened? What were the results? Well, again, let, let me just, just give you the results as the Funeral Consumer Alliance and the— uh, Consumer Federation of America publicized it to the news media. They said that only 38 out of the 150 funeral homes selected, so 15 funeral homes, 10 cities, you had 150 funeral homes. Only 38 of the 150 funeral homes selected, or 25%, fully disclosed prices on their website. 38 out of 150. Okay. And that 25, 24 funeral homes, or 16%, did not disclose prices prices on their website or in response to email or a phone call. Also, their findings show that the prices that were disclosed indicate a wide variety of prices for similar goods among uh, various funeral homes uh, and competitors. Uh, This news was all labeled as basically bad news. And this is how the media and the news media reported it in the various articles that I saw published. They followed this lead unquestionably. The, I guess, investigative reporting isn't what it used to be, and they didn't really dig deeper to see. I I think it's odd, and that's the purpose of this program, is I did dig deeper. Uh, Let me say as a preliminary thing that, you know, all all surveys have flaws, There's no such thing as a perfect survey. So if you want to nitpick, you can. I don't want to nitpick because anybody can do that to any survey. What I want to find out is, was there some sort of built-in bias to this survey? In other words, before a single funeral home was ever contacted, the two consumer groups said at the end of the day, bottom line, they want to present news to make the funeral profession look bad. And whatever the results were, that's how it was going to be interpreted. And I, I wanted to find if there was such a bias, and indeed I, I found it. So I went to the FCA website. Uh, I didn't check, by the way, to see if they posted their prices, uh, but I just went right ahead and looked at the uh, raw data or actually what data they provided for people who wanted more detail and more information about the surveys. They did helpfully provide, there was a document for each of the 10 cities they surveyed. And looking at it that way, I found that of the 150 funeral homes surveyed, 134 of them gave the price information that was requested. 134 out of 140. 50 funeral homes contacted. I'm no genius, but I would say, isn't that good news by and large? I mean, I, I wish it were 100%. I wish it were 90%, but isn't that, isn't that good news? That's about 75%. 75% of the funeral homes contacted did give either on their website or through email. In some cases, they apparently actually used a fax or snail mail, but they did provide the information uh, requested. Now, a little bit of digging showed even more interesting results. Of the 10 cities, five of the cities, 100% of the funeral homes contacted provided the requested price information. So in five cities, there was 100% response rate. I didn't see that in any of the uh, press releases or discussion from FCA or CFA, funny how these things could do. Now, you can argue over, you know, is the glass half-filled or is it half-empty? And they say an optimist will say it's half-full, a pessimist will say it's half-empty. Okay. But in this case, we don't need to go there. This is a glass that's three-quarters full. Three-quarters in that 75% of the funeral homes contacted did give the requested price information. So, we see a glass that's three quarters full FCA and CFA see a glass that's one quarter empty. And that's what their story is that about one quarter of the funeral homes didn't give the price information requested. If I did a headline, if it was our ICFA's, if it was our uh, survey, I think our headline would be 75% of the funeral homes contacted provided price information requested that they are not required to give by law. That's the other thing. The FTC funeral rule requires funeral providers to give price information. I think everybody here knows that. uh, But it's only under two situations. One, if a person inquires in person at the funeral home, they must give them the written, the GPLs, general price lists, and also this casket price list and outer burial price list, if that's appropriate. But you inquire in person, and you get a written price list, or on the phone. If you call a funeral home on the telephone and say, what are your prices, under the funeral rule, they have to give them to you. In this case, with this survey, they contacted the funeral homes by email, asking for the price list by email. There's no legal requirement, at least under the funeral rule, to do that. And in some cases, we know they followed up with telephone calls. Now, on a telephone call, they could have said, what are your prices, And the funeral home in question would be required under the funeral rule to give them the prices over the phone. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. They called them up on the phone and said, will you email me your prices? Which they're not required to do. So again, I would say this is a glass at three quarters full, 75% of the funeral home's did provide the prices, even though there was no obligation to do so under law the way they were requested, so I would say, really, what is there really that big of a problem here that is that that's one aspect of it, and the fact that they were um of the remaining five cities I said five cities a hundred percent of the funeral homes contacted provided the requested price information of the remaining five cities I want to continue and close the circle. I found 16 of the 75 funeral homes provided none of the requested data. They required, they just none. As the survey itself acknowledges, some were suspicious. Why do you want it? Who are you? You know, things like that. And I'm not going to make excuses. Yeah, you know, if you're asked for the price information, you, you should you should give the price information, even though you may have your your suspicion. For some reason, the FCA and CFA claimed the number that didn't give any prices was 24 funeral homes. I counted only 16. I'm willing to be corrected. So please, you know, if I missed something or got something wrong, let me know and I'll, I'll correct myself. But I see only 16 out of the 150 funeral homes, not 24. Now, as I said, no survey is perfect. And I am not going to nitpick on the basis that, oh, look, this isn't a perfect survey because I don't think they exist. But I did find some other indications of bias, not only in the decision to emphasize as the news story the minority of funeral homes that did not provide price information, but in another way, too. Each of the the summaries they provide for each city, each of the ten cities, and each of these documents were actually very helpful, so let me give them credit for that. But they they had a chart. They had a chart for each city. And they had all of them said at the, the top that the urban area and then the fact that they contacted 15 funeral homes. That was standard boilerplate in all of the 10 cities. Then after that, they had a breakdown of the chart, a subsection, which also should have been boilerplate. But for whatever reason, it was not. It had, let me give you the four subsections here. The number of phenoms who put their complete price list, general price list, and consumer's disclosures on their website. Okay. Then there was the number that provided a price list by email after an email request. The third was the number that provided a complete price list only after a phone call. Remember, they didn't want the prices on the phone. They wanted the prices sent to them by email. And then the fourth area, and this is where I have the problem, said the number of funeral homes that did not provide any price information. Well, at the risk of repeating myself, there were four, five of the cities had 100% compliance. I noticed that for this chart that I just went through, on those five cities, that fourth subsection, the number that did not provide any price information, was dropped, was dropped. They didn't want to obviously acknowledge that the number of providers that did not provide any price information was zero. They didn't want, and and you're not not supposed to do that. That's evidence of a bias. You want to put the fix in. They should have copied that chart and made it identical for all ten cities and for those five cities where all of the funeral homes contacted provided price information, the number should have gone in as zero, zero. For the five cities that had uh, 100% participation, they did not want to put in zero. They didn't want to acknowledge that. And as far as I can see, that that's wrong. You, you don't do that. When you take a survey, it's your survey. And if you don't like the results, I guess you can always throw it away. But if you're not, if you're going to use it, if you're going to publicize the results, you need to publicize everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You just can't say, well, we'll report the stuff that we like, the stuff that meets our expectations and our bottom line, and we'll just forget about the stuff that doesn't fit the story we want to tell. You don't do that. You don't do that. So as I say, if it was ICFA's survey, I think we would have had a very different headline and that and that headline would have been that seventy-five percent of the cemeteries surveyed in ten cities did provide the price information requested, even though there was no requirement to do so under law. Now that's of course the source of story is would the news media really want to run with a story like that? No. That's sort of like a dog bites man story. It's not news what the fca and cfa presented was more of a man bites dog story focusing on the uh, small minority of funeral homes surveyed that didn't cooperate or at least in some subsection didn't put their prices on the website or whatever all right let me move on i'm running out of time here so let me just point out one of the thing that's worth it the second interesting part of the survey results were the prices themselves having gotten the prices they looked at them and they found a wide variety of prices uh, in each area. They divided the services up into three groups. One was a direct disposition, direct cremation. The other one was a direct burial. And the third was a full funeral. Okay. Now, anyone in the business will tell you that those three topics will be mixing apples and oranges. That a direct cremation will include different things by different providers. So will a direct burial. So will a full funeral. It's like if you were doing a price survey of car dealerships and you decided to shoehorn the price results into three categories, compact, midsize, and full-size cars. I think people know enough about cars to say, no, no, no. Yeah, mid, midsize involves several different things. Uh, full size involves even compact. Is it a two-door? Is it a four-door? Things like that. Other amenities have dual exhaust, you know. Does it have seat warmers? You know. People know enough about cars that they could blow the whistle on that sort of three-category thing as clearly mixing apples and oranges. So that's the first thing. Those The three categories they chose might not have been, uh, well, I don't think they were the best. But the sec- second thing is the conclusions they draw. I mean, the price variance in each section in e- and in each city varied from a few hundred dollars to thousands of dollars. That's how wide the variance is. And FCA and CFA, their conclusion was, this is bad. This is very confusing for consumers because these funeral homes aren't cha- charging the same or relatively the same prices For in these three areas. Well, you know, you don't need to take a course in in, in, in economics to know that this is price competition. You want to see a variety of prices so consumers have choices of what to buy, where to buy, and how much to pay for it. If this survey showed that funeral homes were pretty much charging the same prices in these cities I think the consumer groups would raise the cry of price fixing. Isn't this strange? Everyone seems to be charging the same price, even though they're separate businesses. And uh, they might have they might have a point there, too. Instead, they find plenty of price elasticity, as the economics professors like to call it, plenty of price variety, and that's healthy. That's that's good. It does mean that maybe consumers need to shop and shop before they have a need for it, too. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. ICC of A, we we believe that consumers should shop around now with the internet. There's a lot of information on the internet, not just from individual funeral homes that choose to post or not to post their prices, but even from third parties. There's third party casket retailers, as we know, third-party earn sellers. And that those, by the way, were not taken into account of this in this survey. They just looked at the traditional funeral homes. So, that is the survey. That's how I see it. I think it's, it's very good news. I would interpret it as good news. If it was our survey and we took it, we, we would run with it. We'd be happy to proclaim the results to the high heavens because 75% of funeral homes provided the requested price information, even though they were not obligated to do so under the funeral rule or anywhere else. That's not bad. Now, you can ask the question, well, shouldn't they all provide it? Shouldn't they all have to have websites? Shouldn't they all stick it up there? Uh, I think a lot of our business consultants and advisors would say, sure, they probably should. And I think someday they will when they realize that their competitors are putting this information up there. I think forces in the marketplace will probably take care of that. In any event, that's my review and analysis of the um, new survey by the Funeral Consumer Alliance together with the Consumer Federation of America. I think it's very interesting and I think it's very helpful from our point of view. And the reason we're discussing this on funeral service in Washington is because these surveys are frequently given to government officials, lawmakers, different federal agencies to suggest maybe we need more laws, more regulations. And that's just what these two groups have done. They are calling for the Federal Trade Commission to amend the funeral rule to possibly make posting price information from funeral providers uh, mandatory, not an optional sort of thing. I don't think their survey makes the case. Makes the case. It makes the case that actually things are pretty good right now, and we certainly want them to be even better. But I don't see where that makes the case. But anyway, this will be interesting. By the way, the funeral rule is up for review in the next three years or so. I understand it's 2019. Someone recently said it's 2018. I don't know. But the next two or three years, all this, I think, is going to become an issue. All this is going to a rulemaking and hearings. And there's a lot of talk even within the funeral profession of, isn't it time something be done with the funeral rule? It is a product of the 1970s. It's a product of the pre-internet age where everything was by phone and snail mail. I think faxes were just coming in when the rule came out and was effective in 1984, but a lot has changed. So, it will be a very interesting proceeding and I welcome it, but I tell you if this survey is an example of what the consumer advocates are using, I would welcome more surveys just like this. Anyway, that wraps it up for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you found it found it informative, I hope you found it interesting. And I'll just remind you, a little plug here, if you don't belong to the International Cemetery Cremation and Funeral Association, you really ought to check us out. Our website is ICCFA.com, C-O-N. If you're a member, check out the member benefits. I'll bet there are some very useful benefits that you are not using. I'll bet you a dollar right now that you're not using them. And if you're not a member at all, check out the benefits, because I think you will see a lot of benefits that you could say, hey, I can use, and these are included with my membership dues. There's no extra cost involved, particularly our attorney consultation services for tax, for employment law. We do a free compliance check for the FTC funeral for the price list, the general price list, a free check that we offer our members. And there's more. So anyway, enough said. Thanks very much for joining me and I hope to see you next time. Bye now.